0: Prophets of the Lord, prime time. time. I, disc- I got disconnected. You must be having like thousands of phone calls running in. But if I get this opportunity, thank you for taking my phone. This opportunity, uh, I know there is a buzzing as though my phone is tapped as usual, but uh, there is so much noise on the phone. If they will untap my phone, then I'll be able to deliver the Lord's message. Yeah, so anyhow. I am saying that this conversation about heaven is such an excitement and is striking a climax in the church. Because, again, like I said, we know that there has been a continuous, consistent, constant, relentless, non-stop conversation ever since the Lord sent his two most dreadful and most glorious prophets into the Bible landscape. He has been speaking about the eternity of man. He's been speaking about the entry of the church into the glorious kingdom of heaven. The very reason why Christ the Lord, Christ the Messiah, our Lord and Savior, came to the church. That one good day, that one awesome day, after all is said and done, all of you may get into the glorious eternal kingdom of Jehovah, where God has taken me. I have not shared so much about heaven. I have not shared certain greater details. These have been missions on instruction, the command of the Lord on how to execute the current agenda and program on the earth. But heaven, now speaking in this way, like he did and he has been doing in the past few days, really delivers another gravity. That's what I was saying before my phone went off. And I know you really have so many people calling. But uh, you see that from the glorious stairs, when the Lord caused me to command heaven to release the glorious tears, by release. That uh, became a game changer. That prophecy that the Lord led me to, to, to speak, to pronounce across the ends of the earth. The prophecy that reset the clock of time. The clock of the end time, when he showed me the saints, the blessed saints raptured, taken from this earth, and going up into heaven in the rapture of the church, an awesome event, a spectacular event, the most awaited moment in the church. And then finally, seeing these wonderful saints in their glorious garments, white, finest, and linen, and bright and clean, in Spanish, lino finissimo limpio, very powerful going up into heaven and walking on the glorious stairs of heaven heaven lowering the stairs following the prophecy that I gave January 15th the year 2017 and then now we saw the path fulfillment on March 11th the year 2018 last year just a few months from now and so I, I connect that connecting the glorious stairs of eternity it's like the lord is saying the glorious tears of righteousness the glorious tears of everlasting life are ready it's like the lord is laying out a carpet of glory to this generation to the believers to the people that are born again to the nations to all the earth to the universe he's saying look your home is ready because the messiah spoke very clearly in the book of john chapter 14 if you read verses one all the way to verse 4. When he was leaving, in verse 13, you see the Messiah preparing, John chapter 13. You see him preparing the disciples, and he is telling them that I am soon going to leave you. And the place where I am going, because they were used to him around there, but the place where I am going, you cannot come. As in in now, you cannot come. As at the moment, you cannot reach, because you still have a mission on the earth here. Because the church was being backed out, there is no way they would have gone with him. There was need now to do the exploits after the redemption of the church. And so you see that in John 13, the Lord is preparing them, and he's talking about this exit. He's talking about this leaving, the departure he's going to make, and he's going to go to a place where in their present form they cannot reach him. He says, where I am going to, I'm going to leave you soon. In a very short time, I will leave you. But where I am going, you cannot reach other now in your form, in your present state, in other words. And then you see now in John chapter 14, then one on, one to four, he says, let not your heart be troubled, he's going to the Father's place, I'm soon going to go to the Father's place, and I'm going to prepare a place for you there. So he then tells them that he's going to heaven, and Jesus calls heaven the Father's house. He calls it the house of the Lord God, the house of Yahweh, the house of Jehovah, the Father's house. So in verse 14 he talks about going, but to prepare a place for the church. To prepare a place for you and I. And that's why this conversation on heaven could not have come at a better time than when now we see that there is a climaxing of events. Climaxing of the life of the church on the earth. It's very clear that we are really drawing nigh to the entry of the church. You feel that the church is sitting on the verge of eternity. It's a beautiful message on a sunday when you really woke up and say i am going to the house of the lord uh, to hear from the lord to receive counsel from the lord and then you receive this kind of wonderful beautiful counsel on heaven now while i am connecting again let me repeat this the glorious tales that the lord spoke that is heaven that's eternity and the door opens the glorious cloud opens and the church enters i have seen your entry into eternity blessed people i have seen the entry of the church into the kingdom of god it can't get more real than than this the entry of the church into eternity has now become vividly a reality a reality of this generation a reality of this moment blessed people and that's why it serves me it serves me with great joy it serves me with great honor to be able to talk about this ultimate, this climax, this maximum, maximum of Christian salvation. The gospel was given by Christ Jesus the Messiah when he delivered the church, when he delivered us on the cross, he delivered the church, and then he released the glorious gospels, the glorious gospel that would transform the life of men. But if you look very well at the blueprint of the paradigm of the gospel. And the authority that is bestowed is intrinsic, bestowed within the gospel. The ultimate achievement, whenever anybody receives the gospel, whenever anybody receives Christ Jesus as Lord, accepts the gospel, the glorious gospel of the Lord, and the gospel begins to work in them, the gospel has an objective, has an aim. The the ultimate objective of the gospel is that you may be transformed, and that one day, ye that have received Christ as Lord, and chosen the instruction of the gospel, one day may enter the glorious, eternal kingdom of heaven. So really, really speaking, this is the ultimate. And that's why I'm saying it serves me with greatest joy because now I know that that which the Lord set out as the ultimate objective, the ultimate achievement of the gospel in the heart and the life of a believer, of a Christian, is now dawning. Now we can see from the horizon that, look, heaven is now near. The kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of God is near. And that's why even when the Lord spoke with me about heaven, I woke up with great joy because I understand he has brought me to heaven severally, as you know, for instruction, for command, in order to navigate the current mission on going on the earth and the one coming after this dispensation. However, for him now to 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 make this stand on the earth and show heaven to me in this form, the glorious tale. And then today, the Lord in that conversation when now I look up into heaven and it's kind of like a column, a very long column beyond the universe. Then up there where the radiance, the brilliance of the glory is, then the, the, the letters begin to type in, a, in capital letters with glory type, heaven. At that ultimate place, he typed heaven, capital letters. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And I tug this, I, I tied this, to the recent conversation when again he made me stand here on the earth and then to look up and see the brilliance, the radiance, the treasure, the costliness, the expensiveness, the, the, the power of the New Jerusalem, the city of New Jerusalem. If so I put this together and then I realize that the Lord is now delivering a certain gravity, a different gravity on this matter of the entry of the church. Into the glorious kingdom of heaven, and that's why I was struggling so much that uh, the senior pastor Gateswood and senior pastor uh, 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 Hilda and uh, Bishop Joanne may give me a, a way to come on air because everyone is coming in, everyone is fighting to get to, to, to get to talk about the excitement, what has happened to them upon hearing this message, this blessed message, invitation to heaven. I fought my way through until finally, I thank God, I thank you very much, Gertrude and uh, Hilda, for taking my phone. And so, you see that Jesus went to heaven to prepare a place for the church, for the church. And why? Why is it that now we are really riveted on this conversation of heaven, conversation on eternity in heaven? He says that the Lord... The Lord in the book of Ecclesiastes, which I've read before, 311. You can read 10, 310, 11, and so forth. But there, you hear the Lord saying that He has already set in His creation, He has set eternity in the hearts of men. He set heaven inside the hearts of men, which is a very powerful thing, blessed people. That when the Lord was creating you, uh, He did not forget. When he was creating the church, he did not forget. When he was creating mankind, he did not forget to be able to ingrain, to deposit, to position heaven at the core, at the center of the soul, at the center of the heart of man. That whatsoever... You go through the circumstances, and whatsoever the length of time you spend on the earth, and whatsoever the experiences you experience on this earth, that your focus and your attention on eternity in heaven can never be eroded, can never be robbed away, can never be stolen. He says he embedded that in an an everlasting treasure that would increase the longevity of your life that would ravish, would annul, nullify the temporariness, would nullify the perilousness, the the, 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 the the perishability of this life now, the mortality of this life, so that you may now be children of immortality. You may you may be persons of immortality. You may be immortal. How awesome in his creation. And that's why now, he is again now coming and reminding a generation that, look, you are created for eternity in heaven. And this is very powerful because we know very well that he created and formed all things, living things and all things. But when it came, came out the creation of man, when he formed him from the dust of the earth, then look, he took the soil from the earth and then he did breathe his breath, which is the spirit. So in one man, one being, the Christian, the person, the human being, the mankind, he placed both eternity and mortality. The earth And heaven, how awesome, that even as you are here on the earth, you may never lose your bearing on your eternity in heaven. So heaven is a very powerful place. And I said that heaven, in the morning I shared with you, that heaven is the dwelling of God. In fact, I said the word heaven in Hebrew, if you look at the root word, it really comes from the the, the dwelling of God, the dwelling place of Yahweh. The dwelling place of the lord how powerful and so we see very clearly blessed people that understanding this conversation on heaven is central now to the church and you know very many times when you are going to a place let's say you are traveling to someone has invited you in a church or to a function and he says please come over you're going to preach in that church or you're going to meet some people you're visiting a home or whatever, or to a country you're traveling to another country many times you really want to know to, to develop some perspective some expectation about whom you're going to meet there which people you're going to meet there, what kind of people are you going to meet there many times those thoughts begin to linger in your mind who are the people I am going to meet there Same here, same here, blessed people. Applies here too. When you're going to heaven, now you've been told the dwelling place of God, your creator. So you really begin to understand that this is the place where now for once, the Lord Jehovah, the one that instructs me on a daily basis, speaks me by voice every day. Even today when I got off the phone, and again by voice he spoke here. By voice. And he spoke to the two prophets today, in the day after I spoke within the morning. But I'm saying the Lord Jehovah, your creator, you will have now an everlasting opportunity to meet God Yahweh, the God of Israel, face to face. So it's always happening with men that whenever they're going to a place, they would want to know. There is an intrinsic, a natural, an endogenous expectation within you. There is an expectation in situ within you that really would ask, out of curiosity, who are there? The angels are there. Christ the Messiah is there. And the Bible speaks very clearly about God's heaven because it says, where the church, he extends it later, says, where the church of the firstborn is. But I would like to read from the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 16, in order to extend this very beautiful and exciting message on eternity, on heaven. What a message to speak to the church. What a message to trumpet at this hour when everybody is at such a high expectation about the glorious kingdom of heaven, about eternity, about departure from this earth where there are so many cancers, so much sin, so much idolatry. So much uh, immorality, adultery, unfaithfulness from wives and husbands and sons and children and daughters and everybody. Corruption. What a refreshing message today. Now to be talking about the grand finale, the ultimate, our exit, the exit of the church from the perishability and the decay of this life. And in Colossians chapter 1, as I continue to advance and to agree with the uh, senior bishop, Dr. J.J., J., and the senior archbishop, the ones that spoke really before I came on board, when I was struggling to get through the phone lines, uh, First Corinthians, uh, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, it says, For by him all things were created, things in heaven, and on earth, visible and invisible, Or rulers, or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. Christ, our Lord Jesus, is the creator of all things, including heaven-blessed people. So you can imagine where we are headed to. You will discover more about Christ. There is so much about Christ that is very concealed at this hour. You don't know. You discover bigger things about Christ. You find out that Christ is not your elder brother, no. Because right from here you can see if you knew what I know, from here he say all things, including the earth and heaven invisible and visible. And he says it is very imperative for this generation also to factor in the truth that are in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. It says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who by the power that enabled him to bring everything under his authority will transform our holy bodies so that they will be Glorious like his. So there is so much, there is so much expectation when you hear about heaven. And he says, Your focus as a church, as a people, as a generation, the present day church, today's church, your attention and focus and effort should really be concentrated at this hour. On a heaven. Why? Because it says right from the beginning of the creation, He embedded and He positioned and He deposited, He ingrained in you the capacity to understand that there is eternity with God in heaven, and to choose it at this hour. And then He's saying, He wants to understand now, that anyhow, because of that, your citizenship is by design. It's not an accidental thing, a casual accident or something that happened out of, you know, some uh, situation. No. He said, by design, he created you, the church. He created mankind with citizenship in heaven. So why? Why are people, why is the church sometimes uh, behaving as though she's aspiring to go to hell? when he really created you such an awesome citizenship in the kingdom of heaven. Nowhere else, how awesome our God, Jehovah Yahweh, my friend, Elohim, Jehovah's above, the commander of the heavenly hosts. But our citizenship is in heaven and we, are, we eagerly await a savior, Christ the Messiah. From there, the Lord Jesus Christ the Lord Christ, the Messiah, the King. And if you read other scriptures, there are many more scriptures. I say John chapter fourteen. You can also read the book of uh, uh, Hebrews chapter eleven, and it says these all the saints before died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on this earth for people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland so they built a tent here instead a tent a tent. if they had been thinking that the land from which they had gone out they would have had the opportunity, if they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out. They would have had the opportunity to return. But as it is, they desired, they desired a better country, that is heaven, the glorious home of the righteous, a heavenly home, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared for them an everlasting city. Hebrews 11, 13, you can read on. 11 from 13 to 17 or 16. Again, he is now drawing attention to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the servants by whom Jehovah has adopted a name. The God of Abraham, The God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of Israel, the God of Moses, the God of Elijah is referring to them here and is saying that they were able to see earlier, they were able to behold heaven and out of that they considered their residents on the earth here, such as Jonas, lodgers, exiles, temporary residents. This is what the Lord is drawing your attention to. And he goes on to say, blessed people that do not love this world. It's a very powerful conversation that the Lord is having with the church. He's talking about heaven. This is awesome, blessed people. He's talking about the glorious kingdom of heaven at this hour. And in Colossians chapter 3, 1-2, to two, he says, If ye then be risen with Christ, Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Master 3 says, Colossians chapter 3 Set your affection on things above. Do set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. So there comes the attraction of this message. He's saying the splendor, the eternity, the everlasting nature, and the fellowship and the peace the blessing that will be in heaven overrules everything you see on the earth. Everything you behold on the earth today is overruled and ravished. Ravished by the eternity that the Lord has flashed. The eternity in heaven. The eternity of man in heaven. That's why I wanted to jump in. But so many phone calls are coming through. There's a big excitement in the church. I realize that this message tired up the church, they are celebrating, they are saying, we are going back home soon. It does not matter what I go through here. And I was fighting to get my phone call through. Thank you, senior pastor through and Hilda for picking my phone. But this is the reason I wanted to come in and weigh in also. That if he then be risen with Christ, meaning being born again now, he said, sit those things which are above, where Christ sitteth, on the right hand of God set your affections therefore on things above, not on things on the earth here. In other words, on everlasting things, because you are an everlasting creation. On eternity, because you are a creature of eternity. You are a citizen of eternity. These things of the earth, however deluding they may be to you, they are only but temporary. In Matthew chapter 6, when you read verse 19 on, I read verse 20, it says, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor wrath corrupt, destroy, where thieves do not break in, do not uh, do, do not break in uh, through, nor steal or vandalize. It says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also so now this entire conversation about heaven about eternity with God in heaven is really to capture to rendition you to rendition your thoughts and recapture rekindle in you the urge the love. Hundreds or thousands of what I've known about heaven and so in Matthew here in Colossians 3 1 2 and Matthew here nineteen twenty one, he's saying he's saying very clearly here because he says where your treasure is there will your heart be also so it's about the heart it's about the heart this conversation the Lord is having with the church on heaven is really, really about the heart. Niko, moewako. Conversion acerca de tu corazon. Suela tu corazon. Es muy, muy importante para Señor. He is talking about the heart. He saying that if your heart will be in heaven because he has flushed it and he has brought me before the nations to announce to you that, and that now if your heart will be thrown into heaven, then you will go into an anticipation, like I say. You will anticipate heaven. Then heaven will become your treasure, blessed people. And there now you will have stored your treasure in heaven. After the announcement. Right now, there is a big excitement in the church. If your heart will be in heaven after the announcement I made this day, the Lord met this morning. If you draw now your heart to heaven, to long for heaven, then you say that now, there also now your treasure will be. If the announcement today makes heaven your treasure, then there also your heart will be. Then you can expect that you will see the kingdom of God, because now you'll begin to make preparations. you begin to rubbish everything left and right about this earth, and make preparations to enter eternity. It's such an awesome time. It's such a powerful time, blessed people. The Lord is speaking about heaven. You think that we speak about the kingdom of heaven, blessed people? The eternity of the church inside heaven. And that's why I'm so excited that this has started a big revival in the hearts of men and women, the hearts of this church. But now there's an excitement about heaven, a longing and a desire to enter heaven. After all, who wants to enter hell with Satan and the demons down there? If you wanted to go to hell, then you should also be in the same way asking, who are those i are going to be down there? Then you'll find Satan there and the demons there. But when we are going to heaven, when the church is going to heaven, there you can only expect to see God, the king himself. Jehovah, Yahweh, finally, your creator face to face. You see Jesus, the Redeemer, the Savior. This is an awesome time, blessed people. A very powerful time at this moment. Because they speak so much about heaven in a very beloved way. Loving this generation about heaven. The home of the righteous. Our eternal home. And he says in heaven, he wiped away your tears. Not that somebody there will hurt you. No. Because probably you'll be recounting now on what you went through on the earth. The beautiful picture of God's seat and throne in heaven. If you read Isaiah chapter 6, it's awesome Just just Isaiah 6, when you read Isaiah chapter 6, normally when you read Isaiah chapter 6, the first thing that should hit you from verse 1 is just the splendor and the awesomeness of the authority of the throne of God, the authority of heaven. All these are meant to draw your heart, blessed people, towards the glorious kingdom of heaven. And the Lord is beckoning this generation. He's calling this generation to enter heaven. Because he says, you will be in a glorified state. You will be there in your glorified state. And you see God face to face. And he says, at that time, what we are seeing today, what you are seeing today, There is nothing compared to what is in store for you. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. What a generation the Lord is beckoning to enter, blessed people. The kingdom of joy, the kingdom of heaven. The entire creation, after the fall of man, has been groaning and in pain, but in heaven there will be celebration. Big celebration. Why? Because it will be the ultimate restoration from sin. Because heaven will be a place of abundant life. No more going to hospitals. No more surgeries. No more taking pills and medicines. No more sitting before psychiatry, psychologists. The ultimate life. The ultimate place for abundant life. The sinful man in you, the old man, will have been removed totally. An overflowing kingdom, overflowing with joy, blessed people. A place where you'll have eternal rest. A grand reunion with your God, with your family, your your eternal family. You have simply been away. You've been in exile, blessed people. It will be an end to your struggles. I'm looking for a job. I want to graduate. I'm looking for tuition. I'm looking for, uh, I want all these things. I want, I want. Marriage, what? Education, job, earning, income, what? It will come to your struggles, will come to an end. The flesh will be brought to an end. It will have been crushed. The devil finished. No disease, no cripple, no blind. I wanted to be given the opportunity to weigh in, blessed people, also to weigh in on this heaven. Because I think this is an ultimate conversation, blessed people. In other words, the Lord is saying that you may now begin to store up unto yourselves treasures in heaven, begin to walk with great anticipation, expectation of heaven putting your treasure, banking them in heaven. And therefore, there also your heart will be. And then you will prepare appropriately. Oh, how beautiful a message. The glorious tears of heaven. Then the other day he shows me the radiance and the glow and the glory of the city of Jerusalem with wealth and treasure, costly, expensive city, I saw, so radiating through the cloud, And then after that, then now today again writing all the way seeing the glory of the lord all the way beyond the universe seeing heaven and then typing in capital letters heaven amazing he flashed it like that then i realized he's loved a generation the seat of god is there there'll be a big celebration in heaven blessed people it's a place you don't want to miss nobody wants to miss going to heaven Blessed people, no one, no one wants to miss going to heaven. Why? Because there will be a non-stop celebration, which is a total contrast from the agony. Hmm? From the agony that you see will take place in hell. If you read all the way, you can read as much as you want. Revelation chapter 7. verse 9, he says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. You want to be there. You want to be among that number. From every nation, every tribe, every people, and language, standing before the throne in front of the and they are wearing white robes. You want to be there wearing those white robes. And they are holding palm branches. You want to be holding those branches. You really would want to hold those branches. Standing before the throne of the Lamb that is God. The Lamb and our God. The Lamb and Yahweh. Holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne. And to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four and everywhere. And they said, Amen. And praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. The grand celebration, the triumphant entry that failed in Jerusalem. Now you'll observe it in heaven. We will celebrate in heaven. You really want to be there, the home of the righteous, the most treasured place, dazzling with glory, the radius of that city. I don't know how much I can describe to you, the radius of that city, dazzling with the glory of God. It was such a powerful thing to see. It is so captivating, blessed people. It's not easy, but to give just the imagery of that city. It's not easy to describe you in this time because it's almost imperceptible after the struggles and the suffering you've been through on this earth. It's going to be important to prepare, blessed people. He says, John 14, verse 6, he says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the lies. No one comes to the Father except through me. He also searched for you the way, how to get there, blessed people. How awesome. Thank God, Thomas asked the question, Lord, we don't know where you're going to. How then do you expect us to know the way to there? He said, you know the way to where I am going. He said, I am the way, meaning there is no other way. I alone. I'm the way. So this generation has received Jesus and prepare and the messenger that prepare that way are here. I will be coming in, continue taking your phone calls, but I think this is the ultimate conversation. It has really, really started up, inspired and start up and raised up a big, it's all that a big conversation, a big excitement in the church. I hear celebrations. People are now beginning to place their treasures in heaven, the expectation in heaven. And there also their hearts will be. And then they'll prepare appropriately and enter. So thank you very much, Sir Pastor Gatron, for taking my phone. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. I struggle so much to get through, but thank you indeed. If I need to come back again, Please help me to get through. The Lord bless you, the Messiah is coming. Tudah shalom. Baruch Hashem.